Hi, I'm AJ, your host. When we leave this world, all that is left of us are our stories and photographs. If our words no longer flow from our breath, it is up to those we leave behind to tell our tales of a life well lived. If you are in the mood for a story, then you have come to the right place. So take a seat, friend, as you are in for a Johnson's Tale. Welcome to the Johnson's Tales podcast. From the year 1600 or so, the Anishinaabe moved westward in pursuit of a vision that drove them to find the place where food grows on water. The Anishinaabe have relied on the wild rice stands of Minnesota and Wisconsin for hundreds of years. Wild rice called manomen or goodberry in Anishinaabe is a highly nutritious grain gathered from lakes and waterways in late summer and fall. In present day, much of the rice is harvested for individuals' families, but the harvest also represents an important source of cash for many tribes as they sell it to local markets, businesses, and restaurants. Many tribal communities are holding wild rice harvesting workshops in order to ensure that the tradition is passed on to the next generation. Harvesting the wild rice is not an easy feat and takes patience with a side of skill. Tribal members work in pairs to harvest the manomen. One person is the puller responsible for pushing the canoe through the water. The other is the knocker charged with using two wooden sticks to knock mature manomen into the canoe. Any rice that falls into the water is left so it can fall to the mud in the water below and grow into next year's rice stand, ultimately helping the current generations of Anishinaabe ensure that they don't over-harvest the rice stands that their ancestors once traversed. Once the manomen is harvested, it is brought over to shore and the grains are roasted over a fire. Once the manomen is cooled, tribal members will dance on the manomen to loosen the hulls surrounding the grain. The final step is to place the dance on, danced on manomen into birch bark trays so the rice can be tossed into the air to separate the hulls from the edible grains. Once the grains are separated from the hulls, it is packaged up and distributed to either the harvester's family or it's sent to market. You know the drill. Check your seatbelt. Keep your hands in the car because we are going back in time, my friends. For some reason today, Bill Sutton popped up in my memories. I was lucky enough to have spent a lot of time with him. Much of what I know came from him. I remember when he took a bunch of kids racing one day. It was my first time. When we got there, Bill said, come on, Johnson. So off we went. He told me where to go on the lake where the rice would be good. It was my first time polling. I got the pole stuck. And when I ran out to the end of the pole, I started pulling on it, causing us to go backwards. All Bill said was, hey, Johnson, we already riced this spot. Then he told me what it was like there when he was a kid. He described it so well, I could see it. I could see the wigwams and how everybody had a role to play. He also didn't warn me to bring a lunch. I figured we'd head back to the van for lunch. But no, he took his ricing seriously. 
And we were out there all day long. Needless to say, I learned my lesson that day. Never leave a bunch of kids at the van. When we finally got back to the van, those damn kids ate and drank everything. I was hungry and there was nothing left. Bill just looked at me and said, I got some coffee. He used to tell me a lot of stories. When I was principal, he used to come into my office and sit down. Usually he didn't say anything. So I would ask him, hey, you need something? He would always say no and the silence would continue. Finally, he would ask me something or he would just start telling me about the old days. Sometimes for hours. I sure do miss those moments. I don't know about you, but I would have loved to have been a bird on the shore to observe the first time that Gary Johnson went racing. That had to be a sight. A sight, and I'm sure there was probably some moments where we would have laughed. Because I'm pretty sure there was a lot of times when he took students racing that he was laughing on the inside with a big old smile on his face like, oh my God, I'm out here with a bunch of kids. This is like a crazy circus. Like, oh my goodness, what did I do to myself? How do I get back to shore? How do I get out of this? Especially that one year where he had a student who was terrified of spiders and he may or may not have had to remove a spider the size of a dinner plate from a canoe so she didn't freak out and have a panic attack and pass out on the shore because that was the last thing he wanted that day. Now, if Gary were to tell you that story, he would tell you that the spider was only the size of a nickel. I may or may not be that person and I'm here to tell you it was the size of a dinner plate. Nickel, dinner plate, same difference, scary, scary, eight-legged monster. Anyways, that is not why you're here. So let's get back in the car, put your seatbelt on, chuck the passengers around you, remember to keep your hands in, because we're going to move forward in time to when Gary was a professor at the University of Wisconsin-Superior. Hi, friends. We need to, unfortunately, slap a trigger warning on this episode. Although the language you are about to hear is harsh, the Johnson Tales team felt it was necessary to keep Gary's words as is. He experienced racism on a daily basis and put in the work to try and change the narrative. So moving forward, listen with caution. Some of you know that I taught American Indian Studies at the University of Wisconsin-Superior. One of my favorite classes to teach was Ojibwe culture. I literally felt like I was stealing the kids' money. That class was so much fun. Everybody had a good time. And the best part about this class was there were absolutely no tests. You heard that right. There were no tests. The class was a field-based course where I took the students and had them experience cultural activities with a hands-on approach. One year, I took a class ricing. It was a logistical nightmare, organizing that many people. Well, the day came to go and everybody was excited, so we loaded up in the van and headed over to the lake. When we got to the lake, wouldn't you know, it was raining. So we waited in the van, hoping for the weather to clear. Postponing looked like a real possibility 
and the thought of trying to organize another trip was daunting. It was something I did not want to do. One student said, hey, Johnson, can't you do something? I said, I can try. So I went down to the lake and offered some tobacco and said a prayer. When I stood up, the clouds separated. Blue skies and sunshine replaced them. An eagle flew by too. I turned and looked back at my students. <laughs> you should have seen the look on their faces. I'm pretty sure each and every single one of them thinks I'm a magician. All I could say to them was, uh, it usually doesn't work that fast. There was one kid in my class that was way too much into Chinese culture. He was obsessed with it. So obsessed, he even had a Chinese girlfriend. There's nothing wrong with that, but he was just obsessed with Chinese culture. He insisted on calling me master. I tried to get him to stop, but he just kept on doing it. Master, master, master. Well, after the sun came out, we all headed to the canoes to go ricing. He and his girlfriend were in one canoe and they started out on the lake. The rice bed that we were at was closest to a road that ran along the lake shore. As the two of them were riding, were riding their canoes out in the rice stand, a truck stopped on the road and a guy got out and yelled at them, get the fuck out of here, you fucking wagon burners. Totally upset, he paddled his canoe as fast as he could over to mine. I thought someone was hurt, and he said, Master, master, I've just suffered racism, and I'm not even an Indian. I, 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 I don't know how to handle that. I looked at him and said, welcome to my world, kid. I hope you enjoyed that tale as much as I did. If you would like to find out more about Gary Johnson and the story you just heard, head on over to johnsonstales.com. Did you know Gary? Do you have a story to share? Send it on over to johnsontales at gmail.com. Take care and I will see you next week for another Johnson's Tale.